Hey girl, welcome to the Empower Her podcast, where we are all about taking purpose-driven action toward building lives we really freaking love. My name's Keisha, and I'm an entrepreneur obsessed with giving you actual tools to help take you from where you are now to where you want to go in your life, career, and relationships. And this podcast, it's all about real talk and having some fun as we share incredible stories, tips, and tricks to help us get out of our own way and unapologetically make some moves. So girlfriend, let's do the damn thing. Girl, I am so excited that you're here for today's episode because we have on one of my favorite humans in the entire world. Honestly, this woman has helped me tremendously. You actually heard me mention her in Monday's podcast episode. Her name is Tracy, and she is not only a great human, but she's an Enneagram expert. She is so well-versed in the Enneagram and helping people feel seen and heard and understood and supported and just the gift that she has with this, like you're going to see it in this episode. She is a straight shooter and she also is really going to help you understand a little bit more about yourself, but also how to ask good questions to people around you that you want to develop stronger relationships with, whether that is a significant other or a friend, a family member, a coworker, someone that you're mentoring. The way that she's breaking down Enneagram in this episode, we break it into the three different triads, talking a lot about how it is that you're actually motivated and what are some of the key expressions for each Enneagram type. This is so juicy. I think you're really going to vibe with it. Uh, Be sure to check out Tracy on Instagram at Tracy O'Malley. Um, We share a little bit about how you can work with her at the end of the episode, but her podcast is also phenomenal. It's called the Leadership Formula Podcast. So go check it out. She talks all things Enneagram. But you're going to love this episode. Please tag us on social media if you vibe with it, because if you really do love this, I'm going to bring her on and we can dig into all different components of the Enneagram. But for now, let's dive into today's show. Tracy, I love you so much. Welcome to the show. I'm so pumped about this episode. I'm so, so pumped. Oh my God. We're going to have a good time. I love you. I love you. So if you haven't heard me talk about Tracy before, she, I've mentioned her in several episodes of the podcast because you have been such a supportive, Mm -hmm. helpful friend for Sina and I, and you also are an Enneagram expert and you're so good at understanding people. Like Everyone I know that's met you in person feels so seen and understood by you. And I think that's the biggest gift that you can give. And a lot of it comes from your knowledge of the Enneagram. And obviously we could literally talk about this. I'm not even exaggerating for 15 hours straight. <laughs> so what we're easily, gonna do, easily, easily, easily without even any breaks. Um, cause we jam about this all the time. But what, what I want to do on this episode is really just kind of first explain for some people that might listen into this that don't know even what the Enneagram is. And then I want to talk and kind of break it into the separate triads rather than going through every individual number. We're going to kind of talk about like questions so people can be curious about seeking to understand other people because everybody wants to understand their, you know, friends, Mm -hmm. their significant others, their coworkers, people that they're working with better. And this tool has been so powerful for you in so many ways and for Sina and I. So first give like a high level overview. If someone is like, what is the Enneagram? What is it? (laughs) Well, I'm a bottom line me kind of girl and a what's in it for me. I don't love a lot of fluffy language. So if you are somebody that needs to know details, just GTS, that means Google this shit, right? (laughs) So if you want like the whole history of how far back the Enneagram goes, bravo, go for it. (laughs) I'm not that girl. I want to know 
great. This is an interesting and fascinating, but what's it going to do in my life? And, yes. and what it did for me 10 years ago is it gave me this roadmap for my soul before life kind of came and kicked the shit out of me and punched me in the teeth. Right. And, you know, I know a lot of you that listen are into personal development, right. And you're trying to get into your mindset and do all this other work. And it's really, really important. But if you don't know what is at the root of why you do what you do or your, your main fear, you're going to be trying to unpack stuff that has nothing to do with who you are today. And it's going to waste time, energy, energy is going to be wasted. And so the Enneagram is a personality system. It's framework. And there are nine basic types that you really need to understand. But the most important one you need to understand is yourself, right? And this is what I got. Like it allowed me to lead myself, not just in a way that was effective in reaching goals, but from a place of love and compassion, empathy, service, and grace. And when you can do that for yourself, you can do that for other people. So the framework is within, you know, nine basic personality types. Within those nine types, there are three different centers and three Enneagram types fall within each of their. And within those centers, there is a core motive for each of them and an underlying emotion for each of them. And so when you're, you're kind of learning about yourself at a deeper, deeper level and other people, when you understand that there's one motive to everything that you do and one fear that when you're triggered, that's what it is, even if it doesn't yeah. seem like it, it allows you to unpack, heal, grieve, move through things at a faster rate. You accelerate transformation with yourself and other people. And when you're communicating, you're a hell of a lot more effective because of what you just said. When you speak a language that other people receive, they know that, oh my gosh, they see, hear, understand, and value me. Now, yeah. that being said, that scares a lot of people. And yeah. more often than not, it it creates credibility and trust. And when you have that, anything's possible. So that's like, it's a framework. There's online assessments, but we'll get into kind of what that's about. Um, but you don't need an online assessment to figure out your Enneagram type or anybody else's is basically what I'm going to tell you here in this episode, which is awesome. Yeah. I love this because yes, go Google all the history. We're not here to talk about the mm -hmm. history. As you can tell, if people don't know you yet, you're such a straight shooter, which is one of my favorite things about you is like, let's just get to it. Like, how does this help us? Mm -hmm. How does this help us in relationships? And more importantly, like you said, how can I get to know myself better so that when I'm also triggered, I'm aware of what that is. So what are like, let's just break down. What are the three different triads, like kind of explain that concept. Right. So if you looked at the diagram of the Enneagram, it's a big circle with nine numbers, right? And you're like, great. What the hell does that mean? So the nine is at the top, which, you know, as the peacemaker, the adaptive peacemaker, that type has the ability to kind of embody the rest. And the, the body triad, that's the instinctual center, are those three types. It's the eight, the nine, and the one. And they are all motivated by a need for independence, autonomy, and truth. Right. And so they're not driven by some of the other things. Their underlying emotion is anger, but how that gets expressed based on the eight, nine, and one looks very, very different. Right. And the motive of independence, truth, and justice and autonomy looks very different for all three. But if you're thinking about it, if you're asking questions and you notice that somebody is motivated by that, you're like, ah, okay, I've narrowed it down to one of these three types. Okay. Yeah. In the action. So Go ahead. So just a question on that. So if someone's like, okay, these are the core motives of them and the underlying like emotion of anger, mm -hmm. like 
I think someone that if they do know their Enneagram type, like if you've taken this test and you know what your Enneagram type is, and you're like, this is my type. And you put those nine, eight, and one together because of their expression of it. Like, you know, an eight, like you as an eight and you compare it to someone that we like know as a one, it, you seem like completely different per- people. Right. So like, how is it that Love someone can identify that? Because it's expressed so differently, which is obviously why so many people get mistyped. Right. But yeah. How do, how do you know that it's anger? Like, right. How can you identify that? And when we go through the other centers of intelligence, you're going to notice a theme. One is external with it and outwardly with it. One is internal and one shuts it down within each of the centers, which is powerful. Also, I want to note that anger is an obvious thing. And so a lot of times eight is the most mistyped on the Enneagram because that anger is so obvious. The Enneagram in your proper typing has to do with your motive, not the behaviors. So even though the underlying emotion you might see is anger, if the motive isn't in conjunction with that, it doesn't really matter. But to answer your question, which is beautiful, the eights are external with their anger, explosive, like you piss an eight off, you're going to know it and it's going (laughs) to hurt a little bit, which hello, that's me. Um, The nine is the one that kind of shuts it down, right? Because their need for independence comes in creating harmony in the world. The eight looks for independence by exuding power and strength. And so that nine shuts down the anger. So it comes out in forms that are passive aggressive or stonewalling, right? There's a different kind of anger. And then the ones are internal with it. They have that inner critic that is very, very loud and their independence and autonomy comes by being right and true. So you can see how, even though they're all driven by this, this motive for independence, autonomy, and truth, it looks very, very different for all three. Okay. And so does their anger. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So if right now someone's trying to identify like, you know, cause obviously we're going to go through all three triads, but I think what's interesting is like anger has this negative connotation mm-hmm. so often of like how it's manifested, like, oh, like fights and anger and the, it's a <laughs> quote unquote bad thing. But I, but it, it, it's a, it's a motive too. So it's mm-hmm. also not, or it's a feeling that's coming from people. So it's not like, I want to just like kind of normalize that it's not a bad thing. It's just being aware of it. For example, like, I mean, and how you express it and how you express it. Exactly. Right. And like, you know, I think of Jackie as a nine who, you know, her core motive is still the same motive as an eight, a one and a nine, but expressed so differently than you, who I'm close with both of you guys, where she's going to shove it down. But if you don't ask her how she feels about things, right, that's going to be an explosion because then she feels like she's not valued at that same root. So I guess if someone's identifying that they have someone in their life that is an eight, nine, or one, or they are an eight, nine, or one. Um, what do you feel like are, are questions that can help them kind of figure that out in general? Well, knowing that one of those, that those three types are motivated by truth, justice, independence, and autonomy, like if you are ignoring that and you're making it about significance or something else, they're going to be pissed and you're going to feel the anger in the form of explosiveness, shutting you off, or maybe being a little critical internally or externally. And so like, it's, it's one of those things when people try to dangle a carrot in front of me, I'm like, oh my gosh, they don't even know me. Like they don't get that. I don't give a shit about that trip or speaking on a stage that has this, but if it gives me independence and autonomy where I don't have to rely on anybody, I'm all in. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, you have to always dig a little deeper to the why. Like I, I always say, like you ask one questions, but there's usually about six layers to it. 
And when somebody tells me why they're doing something, I'll be like, well, what, why is that important to you? And you, you just keep going a little bit deeper and you'll know when you hit the core motive. You will because you'll see their nervous system change. You will see like the little boy or little girl in their face a little bit. Um, but this, this takes time and you have to give a shit about people. You yeah. really have to care about wanting to communicate with them in a what's in it for them mentality. Like that is the number one thing I have learned over the last decade with the Enneagram and just my own kind of work is like people, no matter how right and how powerful I can be, if they don't understand that I am speaking in a way of what's in it for them, they're going to tune me out or they're going to ghost me or they're going to push back on me, which I kind of like. Um, <laughs> but I don't want to like bankrupt myself energetically trying to figure this out. So taking yes. the time to dig a little deeper will be important. Now the anger, you know, a lot of times that underlying emotion is a defense mechanism, right? Where the eight uses it more explosively to kind of protect themselves. The nines use that anger in a way to not have disruption of harmony. And the ones use it in a way to prove that they're right. Right. Mm -hmm. So you can see how that looks really different. And it it takes, this is a muscle that you're going to have to build and you know, I've got 10 years of every day of understanding this stuff. So um, just be curious genuinely about people. And, you know, when you can, you know, Zig Ziglar says that you help enough people get what they want, whether it's being heard or seen or goals, you will inevitably get what you want. And so your curiosity into really understanding people, even the ones, and especially the ones that piss you off and trigger you the most will allow you to you know, soar in your healing and your growth beyond what you could even imagine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's oh, the I little, you know, public service announcement for the Enneagram. Yeah. Well, it's beautiful though, because you get to, when you, when you take the time to really understand these different triads and how people are motivated and, and what the feeling is that they're trying, that they express in different ways, you start to see people through this lens of like, what a beautiful person that you are. Even if you're really different than me, like I actually find, cause ones are very different than sevens, mm-hmm. obviously. And ones are the funniest people to me because I'm like, oh, like you just, you want, you know, order. To cross your, you you want order. And I'm over here like, ah, I don't want any order. But like, I find ones to be so interesting, right? Um, so anyways, okay. So to recap that triad, what, what's the feeling and what are they? Uh, so are they, they are the instinctual center. So they make decisions and communicate based on instincts. Now we use all three. We all use our head, our heart and our body. Right. But mm-hmm. these three, they operate on instincts, which is reaction. Right. Yeah. Instinct is way different than intuition. So they are the action center. They use their hands. They use instincts, their body and their gut. Okay. And motivated by independence, autonomy, truth, justice, underlying emotion is anger when that gets rocked. That is your action, body, instinctual center. Yeah. Mm. All right. Okay. Okay. So the eights, the um, challenger, the nine is called the peacemaker, and the one is called the reformer or the improver. I like to call him the sheriff because. They just keep things. That feels aligned. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So we're going to go to the feeling and heart center. All right. These are the, the, the feelers of the group. And ironically, you're going to notice how even though all three are driven by a need for significance, right? It looks very different for all three. And the underlying emotion for all three is shame. Now, if you're listening, thinking, oh God, I have shame. I must be one of these. Again, that is just sometimes how we act out in behavior. It doesn't mean that that is 
your motive. Okay. So I really want to say it because I still have shame at times and it doesn't mean I'm not one of these. Yeah. And I have anger and I'm not in the body. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So in the feeling center, we have the two, which is the helper. They are the natural connectors, the relationship people of the Enneagram. The three is the achiever, which we all want to be like you because you just see goals and hit goals. And the four is called the individualist, sometimes called the romantic. Um, The twos need significance in what they do for other people. Okay. So it's, it's more about the other communities and, and things around them. That's how they find significance, the threes and what they do or achieve or how they appear in the world. And then the fours find significant significance internally, right? So yeah. even though it's all three are driven by significance, looks extremely different for all three. Oh, now, yeah. when it comes to that shame, just like the other um, center of intelligence, the twos are more external with their shame, if they feel like they're not loved or appreciated, because that's their motive to be loved and appreciated. That's their significance. The threes shut down the shame. They, they do not want to acknowledge that they are having that feeling. So they shut it down, get busier, set a bigger goal. Um, you know, they're the, the workaholics of the Enneagram. Um, and so there's a shutdown and then the fours internalize it right? If they, they kind of feel like they're on this constant quest to figure out who they are, not based on what the world thinks, not in what they do or achieve for other people, but this constant quest of like, who am I really? You know, so they're the creatives, romantics, but what they're, they're always kind of thinking like something's missing in them. So that shame gets internalized and they can like ride this, you know, valley, the dark valley of their soul a lot of times. Um, but you can see how that looks really, really different for each of those. But when you know, like significance is their thing and, you know, I'm raising a two, I'm dating a four and how I speak to them is very, very different, even though they're both driven by significance. So powerful stuff. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting because again, it's, how it's represented in mm-hmm. each person is so drastically different because anyone that, you know, does know Enneagram well, or you identify with one of those numbers or know someone that does, I mean, I know, I can think of a two, three and a four in my life that are all mm-hmm. so drastically different. But when you understand that core motive, it is so powerful. So how can you, like, what are some questions I love this question. that are helpful to figure out what, yeah, what that motive is? So like with my son, I, and, and one of our friends that I met at your wedding, actually, I just recorded a podcast with her and I, I asked if I sense that I might have a two in my presence, like if you're kind of thinking they're leaning to ask them, what if, would you still say yes to this? If nobody acknowledged, appreciated, um, thanked you or reciprocated, would you still say yes? And they almost always go, Oh my God, no. Boom. You know, you got a two for a three. I always ask, I'm like, so would you, I know you can do this and you can win at this. And just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, if nobody ever saw you accomplish this or it wasn't measured, would you still want to do it? And they're like, oh, shit. Maybe (laughs) not. Right? Right? So it kind of like gets them in their heart space because we don't want to encourage the unhealthy parts of the Enneagram type. And, you know, it's a bold question and I'm okay to ask that. I know some of you may listen. I'm like, Jesus, I wouldn't ask somebody that, but I do. But, you know, I've gotten 
I, I don't, I like to kind of bottom line you and get right to it. So, <laughs> you know, I, I love kind of backing people up on their toes because I want them to understand themselves better. And I don't want any of these types to believe that the only reason they're worthy in the world is based on significance and what they do achieve or how they appear or any of the other things. I want them to know they're significant because they're here and they're freaking yeah. amazing. And so, you know, those are some of the questions or, you know, the guy that I'm dating, you know, being a four, he's not your typical, you know, four, he's that self-preservation type, which that's a whole nother thing. Um, but like, I know that he gets real down on himself and it's not in comparison. He never wants me to dim my light, which is the first man I've ever been with that like is not threatened by that. That yeah. spoke volumes like, oh gosh, this is a guy who's on his own journey but he's yeah. over here cheering me on and doesn't get rattled by my intensity, things like that. Did, were you able to identify it from that? Like knowing that he was like, how did you know he was a four so quickly? Well, when I first started to get to know him, you know, he started, he was following me. So he's asking, what do you think I am? I'm like, I don't freaking know. I don't know you, <laughs> you know? And he's like, I think I'm all of them. I'm like, oh geez. And then he goes, well, <laughs> he goes, well, I think I'm a four. Cause it's my favorite number, which is ironically a very four answer, but <laughs> So of course, when I first started getting, I'm like, here, take this. Because it's about him and he yeah. made it significant to him. <laughs> Everything's about him. A little self-absorbed, but in the most beautiful, innocent way, like a, mm-hmm. like a, a child would, yep. right? So of course, you know, I had him take one of those things knowing it's going to be inaccurate because they are 65 to 70% of the time. But I had the results. And ironically, his top score was seven. His net, oh no, his top score was two, seven, then four. And I just started asking questions and I knew I could tell he was intuitive just by the things that he observed about me. Um, You know, I started asking more questions and, you know, the whole thing with the two, you know, that significance and what they do for other people, that's not him at all. But under stress, which we'll get to later, that's kind of where a four goes. But the more I, he has seven behaviors that avoidant, the um, not wanting to deal with the hard feelings all the time. Yep. He definitely behaviorally, if I didn't know him as well as I did, I might think he's a seven. Yeah. But he's not assertive like you guys. He isn't pivoting like you guys do. He doesn't bounce from thing to thing. He just withdraws, right? Which yeah. is very much a four thing. So, and and also in listening to him, you know, he doesn't compare himself, but it's like this, he thinks something's missing in him all the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, someone listening into this that feels like they might be a four, they're going to come mm-hmm. from that place of like, they might be a little bit hard on themselves and the shame comes up from like them internally, not com- not looking at what Sally Sue 293 mm-hmm. on Instagram is doing, like a three might thinking I want to get further than that person, but, and I want to be significant, yes. but more so like, I feel like I'm missing something. What's, what's wrong with me from an internal, like I want to feel significant. And then a two being like, I want to feel significant because you're telling me that you appreciate me because what I, I'm doing for you. Right. Absolutely. And there's a lot of like, especially high achieving, high achieving women specifically mistyped as threes that are actually fours. I see this all the fr- and sevens, sevens yeah. and threes women. I see mistyped as threes and sevens and they're actually fours. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's really, so if someone is thinking, maybe I don't actually feel aligned with a three or a seven, which I got mm-hmm. a question to ask themselves would be what to determine kind of if they're for. Like, do you believe that there's something missing in you? Cause you know, like all options are available to you. So like, yeah. you don't think anything's missing. You're just going to go find it. Like, yeah. you, you know, it's there. 
and a three, you know, they're, they're just going to kill it. They're going to, they're going to make it happen where a four, Mm -hmm. they go to a dark side yeah, and they withdraw where the sevens and the threes are more assertive types where when they're faced with that inner turmoil, they get assertive with it and take action more than a four can. A four gets really dark. And even though you may, cause he's a self-preservation four, so he's not like the typical memes and stereotypes yeah. of a four. They're the more reserved four. But when you have that, like they're, they're the creatives and they're artistic and they can hold emotional space more than anybody. And they're very, very intuitive. Now, do they always act on it? No. Cause they're a little self-absorbed sometimes, you know, and we all have that dark side, but you know, these, these three types in this feeling and heart center of intelligence are driven by purpose and relationships and emotions. Now, they don't always want to show all of, put all their cards on the table, but they're all heart, all emotion, all about purpose. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, like, when, when talking with him, he's like, I have never felt so understood in my life. Like, you know me better than me. And he's like, it freaks me out a little bit. But, you know, yeah. because I, I speak to it with kindness and compassion, even when it drives me freaking crazy, because I am a more assertive type. I just want to shake him. <laughs> I honor his process, but I also don't enable him him staying stuck in it as well. Amazing. And that's how you get the best out of a four. Well, it's interesting too, because even obviously being, I love saying married, being married to a three uh, (laughs) um, is like Cena is, you know, and a lot of threes will identify with this because we have a lot of threes in this Mm -hmm. community where, you know, they're actually very emotional people. Like Mm -hmm. Cena's a very emotional person, but it's like, it's the expression of it that people feel like they're untouchable. They can like crush all the things, they can do all of that because they're so driven by that significance. But internally it's like, they want to feel that too. You know, like, so how, how, cause I know threes have been challenging for Mm -hmm. you. So I just want to touch on that because there's a lot of threes in this community. Um, How have you helped them understand Mm -hmm. like how valuable they are as people outside of what they do? Yeah. Out of all the types before I knew all of this, they were the ones I judged the most because I could feel, cause I am so instinctual and I, yeah. I, I can sniff it that their need for significance and they can put on a show and I can yeah. see right through it. And of course, you know, me judge Judy over here was like <laughs> your weak sauce, you know, and this is the other beautiful thing about threes. When I know I'm in a presence of a three, like that's why I love Cena so much. I can, you know, compliment them because they do want to know that they're doing beautiful things in the world, but so much of it's been um, validated by successes or achievements. Exactly. And so when I have a three, although you know, I used to withhold praise almost as a punishment because I'm like, you shouldn't need that because that's weak. Instead, now I'll find things to praise that aren't measurable. You know, like Cena's heart. I tell him how beautiful his heart is all the time because Mm -hmm. when a three can be more expressive with their feelings, they are the most unstoppable leaders on the Enneagram because they make things happen. But so much of their life, they don't feel understood. They just feel like a puppet quite honestly, for maybe it was a parent or a teacher or, you know, they don't even really understand where it comes from. Now, out of all the Enneagram types, I have the most compassion for them because Mm -hmm. I understand, just like for me, like knowing where I go, I understand how hard that is to break when your whole life you feel that's that's the only thing that makes you worthy. Um, But being able to not co-sign on that belief for them, but also support them. And when they do show you emotion, honor it. Don't ever use it against them because you'll never see it again. 
Yep. You know, because a lot of times the threes don't want to slow down enough to feel their feelings because it makes them less productive, which takes away their worth if they don't achieve at a high rate, right? So it's not necessarily that they don't want to feel it because they do, but it slows them down and disrupts their achieving. And yep. so they're like, I'll just get to it later. I'll get to it later. And when it starts to pop back up, they just find another goal to hit so they don't have to deal with it. So, so real. It's so real. I There's know. So many, there are so many women right now that are threes listening to this that are like nodding their heads like, oh, shit, that's me. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so real. Girl, I hope you are loving today's episode. Please tag Tracy and I on Instagram if you like this Enneagram talk, because I honestly would love to bring her on if you're really vibing with it to break down different components of the Enneagram, because this has been such a powerful self-awareness tool for me and for Sina and just to help me like deepen relationships, you know, so hopefully it's really helpful for you too. Now, that being said, I want to quickly thank our sponsor of today's episode, a company that I love. And if you've tried them, you probably love them too, called My Soul CBD. Here's the thing. I love about Soul that they're, all of their products are THC-free, non-toxic, organic, sustainably sourced. All of that is amazing. But I really want to tell you about it because if you are struggling with sleep, whether that is falling asleep or sleeping super soundly, this is going to be your jam. I really want you to try this because this is the product that is helping me sleep soundly, but wake up feeling really refreshed. Like literally sleep hard, wake up, feel like a champ, like you can just dominate the world. I just, I don't do as well as a human if I don't sleep well. And I'm sure you can probably connect with that. So trying out these sleepy gummies, they've got blueberry lavender and a chamomile honey flavor. They're incredible. And I honestly just feel like we've been sleeping so well, which is just making me feel so much more excited about life and chasing my goals. And I, I know you have big goals and dreams on your heart too. So check out their sleepy gummies. They also have their signature CBD drops, which are incredible. If you struggle with anxiety, you can literally like stir it in with your tea or just put like one of the little droppers under your tongue. They've got a million flavors. It helps just take the edge off. If you're feeling anxious, like it takes the edge off in a really subtle way. So Honestly, check out their products. You can click the link in the show notes. You can head to mysoulcbd.com slash Keisha. Code Keisha gets you an epic discount on all of their products. So please let me know what you think if you try them out. And now, without further ado, let's dive back into the show. And then for twos, if they have, if uh-huh. someone listening has a two in their life, yeah. uh, acknowledging the importance of telling them that they're appreciated, right? Like that Always. goes a long way with the two. Yeah. So having a two son that lives with me and he's 24, you know, he's the greatest roommate of all time. And yeah. I keep telling him, I'm like, you can stay in my house forever. You're the best roommate <laughs> I've ever had. And that makes him feel appreciated because he knows he's a great teammate and he is appreciated for every little thing that he does. And now he does it. He doesn't do it to get because a lot of times twos will be so giving to get that acknowledgement. Now I know Joey does it for fun or for free. It's like he does it because he's a team player and he doesn't, like I said, at the beginning of this triad, like with a two, like he runs it through the filter. If it wasn't appreciated, acknowledged, thanked, or reciprocated, would I still do it? And when it comes to our household, I know he does it because he's a good team player. Now, if I do appreciate it and acknowledge it, oh my God, it's like I just gave him 24 karat gold plates and and paid him, you know, priceless, you know, things for him. And so, you know, I'm not somebody who, I do notice the little things, but again, I used to judge people that needed that validation. And so I would withhold. I was an asshole. Like I would purposely withhold because I could feel their need for it. 
Yeah. But now, you know, again, because I know that that does live true for the twos and I want them to be the best, most genuine helper and not do this give to get thing. Um, I acknowledge the little things that maybe nobody else sees um, in a way that's not like over the top, but like, you know what, you doing that for me really, and I reciprocate more often because that's a beautiful thing to do for a two because it's one thing to just use your words, but twos instinctively know what other people need and they'll just go ahead and do it. The best thing you can do for a two is just reciprocate something without even asking them if you can. Yeah. You know, so like a good example is Joey's laundry. If he went to work and stuff was in the dryer, instead of just yanking it out and putting it in the laundry basket because I need to put my crap in there, instead, I will actually fold it off for him and put it in the basket and put it on his bed ready to go. Yeah. And that... Like that is something, because he would instinctively do that. You know, all my twos just said, oh my God, I would love yeah. if somebody thought of me like that because twos think to do that stuff. And and I'm like, if we're going to go on an adventure, just throw the shit in the, exactly. in the closet. Like, I just oh, Casey, my-, my daughter, seriously, her Seven. shit's everywhere. She's Shit's yes. flying all over the place. But I, so I reciprocate without asking to a two, you will win their hearts over and you'll you'll bring out the best in them, not this desperate need for appreciation mm. and love. Like you will see the better parts of the two come out. And so that's why I do it. I love that. Okay. So to recap this triad real quick. The feelings, the hearts, um, you are motivated and you communicate based on feelings and emotions. Um, You're driven by relationships, significance, and purpose, period. Seriously, you guys, you guys are the heartbeat of the world we live in. And when you can be at your very best, most authentic self without believing these bullshit that you need to do or achieve or be something that you're not in order to be significant, please know that we love you just because you're here. Um, I love that. Yeah. So then- All right, the final triad. The final the- triad, which brings us to our dear Keisha's <laughs> triad. Uh, you guys drive me nuts and I love you because <laughs> you guys need certainty. You are motivated yeah. by a need for certainty. Now that looks very different. And and I know a lot of times people get confused because it's like, well, that independence and autonomy is like a form of certainty and significance is a form of certainty. So how is this a little bit different? Well, I'll tell you. So the fives are the investigators and they need certainty that they are going to be equipped with resources, information, and energy in order to, you know, be capable of things. The sixes need certainty that they're prepared, supported, and safe, right? And sevens, which Keisha girl is a seven and my daughter is also a seven. Mm -hmm. They need certainty that all options are available to them at all times and there are no restrictions. (laughs) It's like, it's so real. The amount of times that I say options and choice in a day or when I'm planning my vision is like crazy. So, Okay. Yeah. Explain that more. And and it's interesting because, you know, having a seven daughter, she's the whole reason why I studied the Enneagram because I could see, just like I see you, you're like my little sister. Like I can see, and we're different, but we're like, and I could see that in my daughter too, but I was like, I don't know how you guys all function. I really, really don't. But I also didn't want to dim that spirit. And the only way I knew was my way. And so the tool and the framework of the Enneagram allowed me to speak language into her in a way that she felt like I appreciated this wild spirit yeah. and this free spirit and this gypsy soul that she had. But also because I built that, that respect by me understanding that part about her. And that's the whole gift of this yeah. Enneagram is when people feel like you respect and value who they are without trying to put them in a box, 
they will be more likely to take on the wisdom that you bring to the table. It's so true. Right? It's why even at the beginning, I said like people that don't understand Enneagram or had heard about it once they have a conversation with with you specifically. Yeah. Um, they're all of a sudden like, oh, I feel so seen and I feel like I understand myself better. And it's the selfish motivation of like wanting to understand the person that you're gonna live with for every single, you know, second of the rest of your life. Yeah. When you can when you can understand yourself, like that's everything. It's so everything. it's like it, it, it's like when you Oh gosh, I love it. Okay, sorry. Keep going on on this trad. Okay, so in the five, so the five is the investigator. They're the quietest, most introverted on the Enneagram. So you can imagine if they need certainty that they're going to be equipped with resources, information, and energy, they can be hoarding with that. Like they feel like it's never going to be enough. So they can hoard that wisdom, which is crazy because I love fives. Fives are my like my favorite. I just, they're so unique and and quirky and fun and awesome and they're brilliant but because they're so worried all the time that need for certainty they turn inward without and half the time we don't get the gifts of the five which sucks mm. our friend um Aaron the one that you had on the podcast Aaron Porter mm-hmm. yep she's a five mm. she's a five we just did a whole thing on that which i i sensed five or nine from her yeah but, but that that need for knowing, knowing can keep them stuck. The sixes, my best friend is a six. And oh my gosh, do you guys ask a lot of questions because you want to be prepared. You need to know worst case possible scenario at all times so that you don't get blindsided. And so, you know, this incessant questioning before I was probably the rudest to sixes because I was like, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. Like, just don't worry about it. It's the worst thing to say to a six. Yeah. They're going to worry about it. And so understanding when I get somebody in front of me that is asking a lot of questions because how this girl, this eight takes all this incessant questioning is you're trying to control me. Interesting. And yeah. I will kill you. And you're, cause you want that autonomy, right? Like, yeah, that's, like don't, when you don't, understand. don't get into my business. I'm private. Like go mm-hmm. fuck yourself basically sometimes. <laughs> yeah. and, and you know, this don't worry about it because I love a blind side because it makes me feel powerful and alive. But like me exuding my power can make a lot of other people feel uncomfortable. So when you, like, let's say you get somebody who's asking a lot of questions, it's probably chances are falling into one of these three, right? Because they need certainty. Like you would ask a lot of questions to know, like, I'm not going to be stuck here. Like when we were for our mastermind, when we were doing those groups, the little pods, you were asking questions like, what's the commitment here? What's this? (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm out. Like, so your line yeah. of questioning was for different reasons. You wanted to make sure you're not going to be pigeonholed in something that feels like icky to you. Yeah. It's it's actually really interesting because Sina and I had a, a pretty like juicy conversation about this of like, I'm like, okay, so what are we doing like with the real estate side of things? Like, what's the direction that we're taking this? Like, you know, obviously we're starting a podcast together. We're doing all these things. I was asking a ton of questions and it's not because I need to know the details. It's because I want to make sure that I've got a lot of options and choices within that, which is so interesting because the six comes from, you know, like it's all wanting certainty. Yeah, they need but to my know motive- that, yeah, they want to know the sales page is going to be right. And that like the marketing campaign will be right. Yeah. And then like, oh my gosh. And what if like tech goes down and like, where you're- and those are things that I never think about, Neither. right? Because I'm like, what are my choice? Like what's going to be required of me in terms of my energy? Like, yes. am I going to have to be committed to something on a regular basis? Like what's going to take me away like? from something that I really want to do? <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, like this is why people need to get on board with Enneagram. Cause when you know this, like you're like, 
whoa, that's why my brain works the way that it does. Yeah. And and same thing with fives. Like I know when I'm doing a call with a five, it's hilarious. I'm like, so how long have you stalked me before you got on this call with me? And they all laugh because once a five makes a decision, they've already gotten enough information that they're all on board. And that's why like me and fives do great. I have so many five clients because they vet things very thoroughly. Like they, Mm -hmm. they don't make decisions unless they have facts and information. Yeah. So I know once they're in front of me, they've already probably been following me for a year and never commented on any of my shit. Oh, of course not. Ever. (laughs) And they laugh. They're like, how did you know? Do you see the things that I'm looking at? I'm like, no, I just know. Yeah. Because that's, that's what you do. So those three, like I said, are driven by certainty. Now their underlying emotion is fear or anxiety. And again, if you have fearings or anxiety, don't just assume you're one of these three. And just like the other two centers of intelligence, how you see the fear and anxiety within these three types is very, very different. The ones internal, or I'm sorry, the fives internalize it. Like you will never see outwardly that five show fear or anxiety. They just get more introverted, but it's like their brain has 800 million tabs open all at the same time. And it's like frantic internally, but you won't ever see it on the outside. Now sixes, they can be pretty vocal with their fear and anxiety. And this yeah. is probably the biggest challenge with my best friend and I is when she gets to this space because it, there's no stopping that. And, you know, tactical Tracy wants to just like take over and make sure everything's okay and that can make it worse. So the sixes are more external. Like they feel like their safety and their certainty is being compromised. Oh, they'll let you know that this is not okay. Yeah. And they yeah. they can either be very aggressive or fearful, like, you know, the sixes can look a little bit different depending on the kind of six you've got. And now the sevens, they don't stick around to feel this fear and anxiety. They just <laughs> bounce. They yeah. they appear unfocused or mm-hmm. we're going to go to something that's more fun. They make, they use humor. They joke about yeah. it. They like, oh, I'm bored. I'm going to go do this. They're not really bored. They're feeling the fear and the anxiety of looking too far into the future and the restrictions that may come. And so they want to look and appear flaky. So people won't demand so much from them Yeah, a lot of the times, or they don't want to sit with the feelings because they want to avoid pain, right? Mm -hmm. They don't want to have restrictions. They don't want to be put in a box because I mean, think about the enthusiastic visionary is what you're called. I can't imagine without this framework and this understanding how the trajectory of my daughter's life would have gone Yeah, as the role model of a woman in her life and a very strong one at that. If I try to pigeonhole that free spirit, I can't imagine the torture that she would feel in her heart of not feeling seen, heard, and understood by the by the woman that really should know her better than anyone. Right. So like, that's the beauty of really understanding this. I still, she still drives me freaking crazy because she (laughs) is a messy little thing. She doesn't think too far into the future. She's in the now. And I'm always like thinking ahead. Um, But what she brings to the table and to my household and to my spirit and my inner child is everything that I've ever had missing in my life. And so I can look past by the look past the messiness or even sometimes the entitlement from time to time to experience the joy and the gifts that she brings to me and the wisdom. I mean, she's my greatest teacher of all time, my daughter. So I love you sevens. Yes. Oh, I love you so much. Okay. So if, I mean, I feel like they are expressed very differently, but if you're trying to figure out within one of those three, like what are some questions, kind of like we talked about the last ride, like what are some questions that would make you understand, oh, that is probably what that person is. 
So like the, the fives, um, I will say, do you need more information? Like I can tell, like if I haven't earned their trust, cause you can watch b- body language speaks way more than the words that they say. And I can tell when a five, it hasn't bought in yet. And I'm like, do you have more questions or is there more information you want? Or they like straight shooting. They don't like f- a lot of fluffy words either. So like, that's why I get along with fives. Cause I'm like, what more do you yeah. want to know? I'm like, yep. I'm an open book, like just yeah. fire. And they're like, ah, this, you're my girl. Right. So just when you can tell, like they're pulling away and they're checking out, you've lost them. So is there more information that you want? And, so good. T- and sit there as long as they need it. The thing with sixes, um, what do you need to feel safe to move forward? What else do you need to understand? Or what are you afraid of happening that maybe we haven't talked about? You know, especially with the sixes, you can feel that um, anxious energy. And, you know, what, what more, what other questions, what, what other questions do you have? And like with my best friend, I'll be like, I'll sit here for 10 hours with your questions until you feel safe enough. I said, but at the end of this, we're going to move forward. <laughs> so yes. like if it takes 10 hours for all your questions to be answered, that's fine. But we're going to move forward with a little bit of blind faith, but I'm going to give you enough that you feel safe and supported. Right. Amazing. So really reassuring and asking questions where that six trust that you have their support or where you are supporting them and also care enough that they need that to feel mm-hmm. safe. Because I'm going to tell you with a six, once you have earned their trust, there is nobody more loyal and a better collaborator. And they're so responsible and they do what they say they're going to do. So really earning that trust goes ever it like having a six in my life keeps my ass out of a lot of trouble. So, you know, they're, they are, they can be a lot and they have a lot of things that they need to know. And I can be naturally evasive because I'm very protective. Yeah. So like, I have to be very mindful that in order to have intimacy within any relationship, there has to be an even vulnerability exchange. Mm-hmm. And when you understand the vulnerability of each Enneagram type, this will allow you to get to intimacy. And that's into me, you see a lot faster. And that's like beauty in relationship and collaboration, whether personally, professionally, intimately as a parent, like, you know, my kids trust me, not because I'm their mom. It's because I see them fully. And with the sevens, you know, um, so with my daughter, like she's got all these ideas, big shocker, you know, she's in the beauty industry and she has literally 17 different services she can do like she can pierce you she can tattoo your face she can make up your glam she could wax your vagina she can do all these different she i mean she can do she can tint your brows your lashes she does all like 17 different services and she also is a certified astrologist so you know all these different things and of course my strategic brain you know she's doing astrology now and she's she's brilliant at it. And I automatically start to go into like, you know, you could do this, you could do this. And I could feel like she's being put in a box. Yeah. And I, I, I will say to her is like, which, which th- top three things do you want to do right now? Cause I know what I see for your future, but I want to know the top three things that you want to do for now. You'll be able to do all of them. We're going to do all yes. of it. Like really reminding them that me asking you always questions. do that to me. You yes. always say you can do all the things, but like what, like, what is it like that you're most right excited now. about now? That, yeah. Because that, when, for any sevens, cause we do have a lot of sevens yes. too. Like that question to even like, te- like explain to like me explaining that to Cena is like, 
has been game changer for our relationship of just, just tell me that we can do it all. Like, just keep telling me that that like, I just need to pick and focus. And then that nothing is off limits. Like if, if you feel that way, you feel like you're unstoppable. As a well, seven. and that's why having a three in your life, mm-hmm. an executor of the ideas and my daughter having an eight who makes shit happen yep. because you Casina has earned your trust that he mm-hmm. is not trying to make you into him. Casey has understood that like my mom believes in me and is championing me more than anybody. I trust her. So she's going to, she's going to tell me the three things and know that we're going to execute it. Yep. And then we're going to move on to the next things when this gets boring or it's run its course or whatever it is in your journey. Like sevens will change their, they will have like, by the time they're done on earth, sevens will have like a 21.0 version of themselves. And (laughs) that is their beauty. That is their beauty. And once I understood that, I, I tell my daughter, anything's possible and you will do all of it and you will be magical yeah. at everything you decide to do. Now let's pick three and we'll make this yeah, happen no, You just have to decide. Just decide. <laughs> is decide and then it's good. Oh, yeah. I love this. Okay, so to recap that triad real quick. Yeah, so you're in the thinking center. So you make decisions and communicate based on thinking, thoughts, the future, certainty. Uh, You use your head, use logic, use your brain, and use information. So you're very much like what's in front of me right now. You're forward thinking a little bit. Like you want to know how this is going to affect me in the future. So like the the body is in the present, like like instinct right now, reaction to life. And then the significance center of intelligence thinks about what's happened in the past right? Mm. So that we use all three of them. Like we will use, this is also why maybe you've been mistyped before is like, well, in certain situations, I kind of go here in certain situations I go here. You've just compartmentalized um, your coping mechanisms quite honestly. But I, the, the beauty in the framework of the Enneagram is this roadmap back to your soul. And, yeah. you know, if we keep asking ourselves the internal questions, you'll get to the root of it. And, you know, I'm, we talked before we hit record and I'm going through it right now. And, yeah. you know, when we talked about anger earlier, I love anger. It makes me feel alive. Now, how I choose to express it today, and it is a healthy emotion, you guys, you need it for grief. It's part of grief, which takes you to acceptance and transformation, yeah. right? And so when I'm angry, instead of using it in, a, in, a, in an explosive way that's destructive, I use it in a way that allows me to get to sadness faster because... I would much prefer to be anger, be angry, um, but sadness and shame and all these things that like we have to embrace the entire human emotional capacity in order for you to ever get to transformation personally and professionally. And the framework of the Enneagram makes this shit a lot faster Yeah, and gives yourself a lot more <sighs> compassion. Tracy, I love you so much. I feel like this was so, this is going to be so helpful for people to give them. And obviously there's so much that we can dive into. And obviously so much to go check out your podcast. They need to go follow you on Instagram and just, they can, what's cool to tell them real quick, just about what you do on your podcast, because it's so fun what you do uh, as my seven. It's fun, Um, but it's also so impactful for people. like, to learn from other people getting typed, like explain what you do on your podcast. Yeah. So I do like solo episodes too, where it gives yeah. you, cause you know, the Enneagram isn't complicated. However, it is very, very complex. And you know, it's one of those things like you, you got these tools in your tool belt and you, and in your garage. And if you don't know how and when to use them, you just have a really 
fancy, expensive garage full of tools, (laughs) right? So the Enneagram is the next to my faith. It's the most powerful tool I've ever used in my life. And so I use these suckers every day and the full complexity of them. So on a podcast, you, you learn about wings and growth and stress and subtypes and all these other components, um, attached to your framework of the Enneagram. Um, so that being said, you know, you have your core type and then there's four other types that are connected to you four. And so knowing how and when to use those four types within your framework will allow you to move into growth a lot faster. So that being said, back to the podcast, I touch on all of that stuff in my solo episodes, but in my interviews I do, it's usually a live typing session or somebody that's been through, you know, the work with the Enneagram integration. Like, yeah, like if you don't know what to do with the Enneagram, it's just really cool information and there's nothing wrong with it. It's fun. It's a great party conversation. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Whenever we're all together at your wedding, yeah. our entire table was talking Enneagram. <laughs> I know. Entire- I was like, put these, all these people together. They're going to jam so hard. I was like, Tracy's going to love this. <laughs> we did, but like the integration of it is powerful. So on the podcast, you hear live typing sessions of people who think they're a type. And then yeah. I take them through a process. They're like, holy shit, I'm not that type. And, and it's almost like you can hear people exhale. They're like, oh my God gosh, like it all makes sense now. And they meet that with like gratitude and compassion for themselves. They're like, I've been making this so hard my whole life. And you just kind of unlocked the freedom that I have to be who I am and that there's nothing wrong with any of us. Nothing, you know, and the beauty in that is like, you don't have to change who you are. We may need to tweak the come from and the expression of it. However, like I'm still a feisty, fiery, mother effer that I've been my whole life. And 15 years ago, you would have hated me, right? Because my expression of that was very destructive and like domineering. But today, because I know that's who I am, I use it in a way that's beautiful and for the greatest good for myself and the people that I I love and the people that I lead and, you know, anybody that I touch. And so on the podcast, you hear a lot of these beautiful aha moments too. It's great. And Asina and I have been on there before, which was such a fun episode. I I just think that for people right now that are wanting more resources, obviously I want them to connect with you mm-hmm. on Instagram. It's it's fun because right now Tracy's in this phase uh, where she's really excited about doing these fun little reels, which brings a lot of people in mm-hmm. because it's fun and it's quirky. But if you actually want to work with someone that knows their shit, like deeply knows their shit, like you'll, you'll laugh at all of the fun reels, yeah. but like that knows their shit listen into the podcast and hear a lot more about it. And then obviously you offer, can you tell them like if they want to work with you, how could they work with you? Yeah. And you know, there's just like anything, there's a lot of information, Enneagram people out there and I'm not knocking them. Like they bring awareness to this beautiful thing, but it was in them doing that, that I was pissed enough because I was like, you guys don't even know how to use this. So great. You're bringing awareness, but you're leaving like these people hanging without instruction on how to use these tools. So I'm the master integrator of the Enneagram. All these other information people, they're great, but like, seriously, they don't know how to get in the trenches with this necessarily. And so what we do, I do kickstart sessions currently where you get typed properly. You learn the framework of your core type and I give you integration tools on how to use these. You know, sometimes it's in your marriages or in your relationships, your friendships, your, your role as a mother or father professionally, Um, As an entrepreneur, whatever that looks like for you, I give you integration tools that, you know, you can walk away knowing you have the right information, the right roadmap for you. And then what you choose to do with that is totally up to you. And I can take you further. I mean, I work one-on-one with people daily. 
um, yeah. in the integration of this. Imagine having like me on like a walkie-talkie 24-7. That's basically what you get when you work yeah. one-on-one with me. But um, And coming soon, we'll, we'll be having ways that I can properly help you get typed in ways that yeah. maybe doesn't require sitting on a call with me. But yes. that call with me, that 90 minutes, I, I promise you, I've heard this probably three times the last week. Like I've been in therapy for 10 years and in 90 minutes, I felt like I had a bigger breakthrough than I have in that therapy. And I'm not knocking therapy because I still, still see mine too, but you know, this can be accelerating, um, where you want to go in your life. Oh, you're such a gift. I, you are, I, I trust you and love you so much. And you know, for me, Mm -hmm. how big that is, um, to really thank you for being like such a big sis to me. I love you. You're just the best. So everyone come find your podcast. It's called the leadership formula. Find her on Instagram. Tracy, I love you. Thank you again so much for being here. I I love you. you. Thank you so much for listening in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a girlfriend, like send it to her right now or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. I am so freaking grateful to be on this journey with you, girl. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon.